Amen. So thankful to be in the house of God as always. Thank God for what he is doing and what he's going to do. Thank God for my pastor and his wife and and my wife and all the ministers and saints of God. Amen. Good to be in the house of God. I really don't take uh, any of these opportunities lightly. Um, You know, I truly believe that when we have these opportunities, whoever it is, it's God's opportunity to speak to us. Amen. And uh, so I am just endeavoring to share what God has said, what he wants his people to hear. And I want you to open your hearts and your minds uh, to the word of God. You know, when it's all said and done, I get down from here. I'm done. But don't let the word of God be done and not be effective in your life. Amen. Let the word continue in you. Amen. It's not my word. It's the word of God. Yes, I'm speaking. Thank God that I'm an instrument that God can use. I really appreciate God for that. Amen. But it's his word. Amen. And that's that's how we grow is from his word. If you can open your books to James chapter one, I've been sitting here and I don't know what direction God is going to lead me as we're going through this le- through this message here. Um, so y'all pray for me that uh, that I will hear clearly because I'm getting I'm getting a few things here as I've been sitting there. So we it's going to be interesting to see what God is going to do. I'm in James chapter one. God bless you for standing for the word. Verse 21 is what where we begin. James says here, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word. Turn to your neighbor and say, Stop being naughty. Amen. And receive with meekness the engrafted word. Now tell that same neighbor, receive the word. Which is able to save your souls. And he goes on in verse 22, it says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. He goes on to illustrate, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, that is the word of God, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If you want to be blessed, the Bible says you have to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. Amen? 
Amen. I pray God will add a blessing to the reading of his word. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that you would touch our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Let us be receptive, O oh God, to what you want to do and what you would have us to hear today, O oh God, that you will be done. And may you be glorified in everything. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may take your seats in Jesus' name. 1988, the slogan, Just Do It, was birthed through the world's most popular shoe brand company everybody knows is Nike. And although it was conceived as a result of an unfortunate demise, if you know anything about the story of where it came from, it was a gentleman by the name of Gary Gilmore. And he was before the firing squad, and what they asked him, they asked him if he had any last words, and his response was, let's do it. And so Mr. Whedon, who was the founder of, or co-founder of Nike, decided to use that, but he converted it, and he made it just do it. And that is the history of the slogan, just do it. And so... Unfortunately, it came from someone being executed, but it has taken on a positive message that seems to provoke assertive action. They have done an interview in USA Today, and they said over the last 40 years, that slogan is still considered the top slogan. Out of all the companies that have come up with their slogans, this one still has a powerful impact. And I'd like to believe that perhaps the one word which makes this slogan so powerfully influential is the word do. In the military, we have what we call be, know, do. To do something means to perform, to execute to commit or bring into effect. To do something requires some level of work, effort, and energy. It is virtually impossible to accomplish anything without putting some effort forth, without exhausting some degree of energy, some work, putting some work into it. And when we study biblical history, we'll find that there are people who God called to accomplish certain tasks And even though he called them and empowered them to do a task, you'll find that God required them to put some effort into what he was calling them to do. I want you to know today that God is still looking for people who will commit themselves to the work of God. God is looking for people who will execute, not just stand by. Amen. We've got enough bystanders. God is not looking for folks who will stand by his word, but he's looking for people who will stand on his word. Amen. Planted in the word of God. It's time for God's people to take action and become engaged in the work of God. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, he says, I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. and In other words, he's saying, I'm pushing steadily. I'm putting forth a continuous effort. I'm committing myself to achieving the goal that God has set before me so that I can receive the ultimate prize. 
John chapter 9, Jesus tells the disciples, he says, I must work the works of him that hath sent me while it is day, because the night cometh when no man can work. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. I'm reading the Amplified Version. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm or be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. You know, God is not looking for folks who's just trying to get by. But God is looking for folks who have dedicated themselves to the things of God. When you look at your life, God is looking for someone who has made God their top priority. We are living in a world where it's centered around self. Everything that we are doing is centered around what we want. But God is looking for people who says, not my will, but thine will be done. I'm committing myself to your work, God, and what you want me to do. I'm putting myself aside. I heard Jesus say that you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow after him. And I'm here to let you know that if you're going to do the work of God, the first thing you've got to do is make it all about him. Doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. I'm sure there are many people as you're going on in this life and we've heard some testimonies and sometimes it's easy to get a little overwhelmed and you start thinking to yourself, what is the point? What is the purpose of what doing what I'm doing? What is the point of going to church Sunday after Sunday? What is the point of preaching messages after messages? What is the point of me coming to prayer meetings? It doesn't seem like anything is happening, but I'm here to let you know that every effort that you make towards the things of God, Something is changing. Something is happening. Don't worry about the way it looks and appears. Just know that as you give yourself to God, God will change your situation. He will turn it around. He's not a man that he should lie. Colossians 3.17 Whatsoever ye do in word or deed... Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. God is simply looking for laborers to work the harvest. He told his disciples, he says, the harvest is truly plenteous. He says, but the laborers, I'm finding it difficult to find some folks who will work. I'm looking at people that are looking for a handout. They're coming to me when they have problems and they need stuff from me, but I can't find too many people that's willing to put their hands to the plow. I've got plenty of prayers coming up to me about whose body to heal and, and what you know financial blessing that I can get, but when it comes down to it, when I need somebody to reach out to a lost soul, I can't find any witnesses. James, in the, in the scripture that we read earlier, one of the things he says is to receive the engrafted word. If we are to become engaged in the work of God, we need to first possess the instructions on how to perform the work. 
God has provided all of the instructions we need in his word. And that's why he says in Timothy, he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. You know, we are living in a generation right now that they don't want to be instructed. They don't want to be told what to do. And unfortunately, now we're starting to see in the house of God where folks don't want to be told what to do from the man of God. Nobody goes to the man of God for counseling before they commit an act now. It's always after the fact. I'm not seeking the pastor for direction. I, I, just, I just want him to agree with what I'm trying to do. I want God to be on my agenda. Not me seeking him for guidance. Come on, y'all. Y'all with me? But the word of God is given for instruction. Verse 17 says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, furnished unto all good works. You trying to do the work, you need some instruction. Some people refer to the Bible as the basic instructions before leaving earth. Without God's word, we will fail to accomplish the task that God has called us to achieve. But look at what he says in James chapter 1 verse 21 as we were reading earlier. He says, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity or abundance, overabundance of naughtiness or excess of naughtiness. Filthiness represents things that are dirty unclean, disgusting, and offensive. Naughtiness represents things that are bad, mischievous, and wicked. The problem is many of us are not receiving the clear instructions from God's word because we can't separate ourselves from the filth of the flesh. Some of us are, have a problem getting rid of filthy thoughts. Some of us are too busy thinking negative thoughts about ourselves and other people. Some are consumed with thoughts about worrying about everyone else's spiritual condition while being negligent of their own spiritual state. Some of our conversations are filthy. Some of our attitudes are filthy. Some people choose to do naughty things, holding grudges, harboring bitterness, storing resentment, concealing unforgiveness, and packing jealousy. Some are lying, fornicating, committing adultery, gossiping and backbiting and doing all types of ungodly things. God says some people are lazy and uncommitted to the things of God. That's why we can't get folks to work in the things of God because some are just not committed. Some have no regard or reverence for the house of God, much less the people of God. Then you have some that are displaying pride and revealing arrogance. But here's the thing that really gets me. The people that are religious, but their religion stems only to themselves because they have no legitimate connection to God. Some folks have the appearance of godliness, but there is no substance because they are not connected to God. The worst part about all of this is that some of us don't even recognize our condition 
and spend time justifying our behavior. Receiving God's word has everything to do with our position and our condition. Church attendance is a significant part of being properly positioned to receive God's instructions. But please understand it takes more than just a physical presence. You also need to understand that you need a pastor. You got a lot of folks floating around claiming they don't need a pastor in their life. But the Bible lets us know that God gave some pastors, evangelists, prophets. He's given the fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints. So in other words, the way God established it, you can't be perfected if you ain't got nobody to submit to. Need to be faithful to the church services. Friday night prayer, unity prayer, that's not an option. If you can be at prayer, be at prayer. Amen? God requires our whole being the whole time. Jesus talks about, he mentions a parable about a sower. He says the sower went out to sow. He's sowing seeds and he says, you know, some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. This is in Matthew chapter 13. He says, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold. Some 30 fold. Then he goes on to elaborate or to to clarify to the disciples because they asked him, why are you teaching in parables? He says, you know, to you, you given the understanding, but they don't have it. So if you if you take if you take away from them, if you start teaching without parables, they won't understand. In other words, he said, so by taking away, you're going to take away from what they don't even have. He says, but I'm going to clarify to you. What I'm talking about, he says, the sower, when anyone heareth the word of God or the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, the one that falls by the wayside, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Anybody know what the seed is? That's the word of God. But he that received the seed into the stony places, the same as he that heareth, heareth the word, and at first he's joyful, joyfully receives it. But he has no root in himself, but dureth for a while. Then when tribulation and persecution ariseth, because of the word, by and by, he is offended. Can I tell you something? I want, to, I, want to, I want to encourage you in case you didn't know. Every opportunity you take to draw closer to God, you can expect that there's going to be some trouble that comes your way. You got to know this. That's why, you know, I said this before when we used to baptize folks. And every time we baptize them, I always give them that same disclaimer. Listen. You know, I know you're excited about getting baptized and you're excited about what God is doing in your life right now. Don't lose that. Because the enemy is going to come along and try to deceive you and rob you of what God has given you. He's going to. 
throw some things your way and try to distract you from what get where God is trying to bring you. Rest assured, the enemy is not trying to let you go easily. But hold on to what God has done in your life and where he's brought you thus far. You know, some folks are so discouraged so quickly because they're comparing themselves to other people. Well, I'm not like so-and-so. I mean, they, you know, they just got so much anointing. They got so much power. But you got to focus on what God is doing in your life. Everybody came from some place. And I was growing up as a musician. I'd look at other musicians and I'd say, man, they, oh, they're playing. They're playing. And I used to try to get people to teach me and say, hey, can you show me what you got, what you're doing? You're showing me. Nobody went to show me until I came to the understanding one day. God said, I gave you what I gave you specifically for me. I didn't mean for you to try to grab from everybody else. I gave you your own anointing. I gave you your own ability. You don't need to pattern yourself after everybody else. You just take what I give you and you use it and watch. Then the Bible says that your gift will make room for you. If you start using what God has given you, God will start opening the door to allow you to use it even more. If you're faithful over a few things, God says he'll make you ruler over. You can't sit and worry about who you not like. You don't know what them individuals had to go through to get to the point that they at now. He says that also that receive the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Bottom line is some of us are in a life-threatening condition and we need to have a heart transplant. We need to allow God to change the condition of our hearts so that we can receive his word. What it's talking about when it's talking about the seed being tossed, the seeds being sowed, as they fall, they fall upon the grounds of our hearts. So then we have to identify what is the condition of my heart. Is my heart receptive to the word of God? Am I rooted and grounded? I heard someone say, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But the Bible says, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Because he stays in the word of God, the Bible likens him as a tree. Understand that the tree is resilient it's established. It's not moving anywhere. But he goes on to say he'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit. That means you're going to produce some fruit. He says his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. David said, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. God's word is proven to be fail proof. 
The more we read, study, and pursue an understanding of God's word, the more he will instruct us in the ways of righteousness. And with clear instructions and a pure understanding of God's word, we will be better equipped to carry out the work of God. But now to get down to what James is saying in this scripture, he talks about receiving the word. And so we talk about taking the word and and receiving it, embracing it. He says, don't just be a hearer, but be a doer. Can I ask you something? How many messages will it take before God's people decide it's time to take action? How many times, you know, some folks will complain about hearing the same thing over and over again. Perhaps that's because God is trying to knock you upside your head and remind you that I'm trying to call you to something, to do something, to take some action. We got enough folks filling the pews and sitting down, but we need some folks that will be engaged in the work of God, putting their hands to the plow. When you go out there in this world, you'll find that there's so much chaos. We can sit and have conversations about all the confusion and all the mess that's going on in our world. But until we take the time to put our hands to the plow and say, I'm willing to work and do something for God. I'm committed to this thing. Whatever it takes, I'm willing to go out and witness. If I've got to talk to somebody, if I got to talk to the drug addict, if I got to talk to the alcoholic, whoever it is, I've got to reach out to. If you make up in your mind that I'm committed to this thing, that's when we'll begin to see some changes. We can't see changes just sitting down and sitting by and waiting for God to move. I'm here to let you know that God is calling each and every one of us to do a work and be engaged in the work of God. It's time for God's people to start taking action. God didn't save you just to be a lazy bum. But God has called you out of darkness to reach those that are lost, to do work for him. Can I remind you of something? I was sitting here thinking as I was reading through some of this. I understand that we have some folks that are older than me. And I say that respectfully. And what I'm about to say, I say this respectfully too. As I was looking, as I was just going down memory lane, I started thinking about people like Moses. I can only imagine the amount of weight that he had on his shoulders trying to lead this belligerent people out of Egypt to the promised land. Oh, Lord. Everybody complaining. Everybody murmuring. And what fascinated me was thinking about the fact that how old Moses was, and yet he was still climbing the mountains a couple of times to meet God. Then I thought about Brother Noah. And as old as he was, and God told him, says, I need you to build an ark. And the man, as old as he was, still took the time to carve out and to, to shape and to mold and to put this ark together. And then I began to think about Abraham as old as he was. <laughs> 
And when he heard the news about Lot being captured, he took his man and he said, let's go and let's go rescue Lot. And I'm thinking about all these old men, these strong men of God. And age did not prevent them from carrying out the things that God was calling them to do. I'm just wondering if we have somehow lost the vision because we got so focused on the life on this earth. Can I let you know and understand that every breath that God gives you, every opportunity that God blesses you with, that means it has purpose. And if it has purpose, that means God is still calling you to something. But He's not putting you here just to exist. But there's still a work that you need to accomplish. I wish that said, no matter what's going on in my life, I'm committed to go and do a work for the Lord. I understand. But the one thing I do understand is that when I make up and do all things through Christ, which gives me the strength, it doesn't matter what my physical state is. It doesn't matter what's going on in my mind. If I can just get my mind on Jesus, I believe I can accomplish the work that God is calling me to. I ain't got time to waste, time to sit around. I don't have time to watch the world pass, but it's trying to use me. Some of y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy, but I am committed. I'm determined. My mind is made up, and my heart is fixed, and my soul is anchored in Jesus. I'm ready to do a work for the Lord. I ain't got time to sit around. Hallelujah. God is looking for folks who will start to execute. One of the things you'll find in the military, if anybody's been around the military, you understand that they give out orders. And their orders have a purpose. And when you're going through, they say, I want you to do this. If it's the commander of the first sergeant. Or if it's the sergeant major or the NCRC, the platoon sergeant, whoever's in charge when they give out an order, there's one thing that you're trained to do from basic training, and that is to carry out the orders that you're given. I wonder if God was to give us some orders today, if there would be anything that would hinder us from doing the work of God. But I'm here to let you know that it doesn't mean, it doesn't have to be anything in your way. You don't have to allow things to hinder you. I understand that situations arise and certain circumstances come up. But somewhere along the line, you've got to make up in your mind, people of God, that I'm committed to this thing. I ain't got time to question. How God is going to bring it about. The only thing I'm doing is making up in my mind that I'm going to do it. I don't know about you, but my mind is made up. If God said it in his word, that's what I want to do. I don't have time to look at doubt. I don't have time to look at fear. I don't have time to be hindered by the things of this life. And I'm trying to encourage the people of God that wherever you are, wherever Wherever you stand, now it's time to put your hand to the plow. Come on and get to work. There's a work that needs to be done. There's some ground that needs to be broken up. There's some atmospheres that need to be broken up. There's some neighborhoods that need to be broken up. The Spirit of God is looking to move. 
Are you going to be the one that God uses? Are you going to be the one that God can operate through? Are you going to be the one that God can move and heal broken hearts? Are you the one that God can use to work? Hallelujah. We are talking enough. But like the world says, talk is cheap. You can't just talk about this thing. But you got to be about this thing. There is a work to do. Some folks have given up. Somehow you convinced in your mind that God is done with you. Because you're looking at your current state. You're looking at how old you are. You're looking at all the things that's going on in your body. But I'm here to let you know that God is not through with you yet. His work is not done in you yet. That's why you're still here. Brothers and sisters, hear me when I say this. I'm not being disrespectful, but it's time for the elderly men to start teaching the younger men. I thank God for my brothers and sisters in the house of God. But one of the things I've always valued and cherished is when I see older gentlemen that I can glean from. When I see anointed men of God that are making themselves available to the things of God and not, not you know, we, we need some men. Whether they men or women. Now is the time where we need some men that will stand. So many folks looking for people to be to like them and be popular. That time to worry about popularity. God, that don't mind being holy and modest. Come on, women of God, hear what I'm saying. In the church about whether or not to wear makeup and whether or not to wear jewelry. Do you calling you too? wouldn't put it on. Cow manure. It's out there. And what's, what's amazing is people will outside, but will neglect to apply the word that's going to bring I'm more concerned. Man, if I got to be an ugly dude, you can think what you want to think. You don't have the. You got folks walking away living holy yourself. See, you understand the Bible says my ways are not part of the reason why we're not living up to the things God is expecting is because we're so clouded. We're being choked. Folks are so money hungry. They'll work on a Sunday. The amens from that, but that's what we're dealing with. But it's the truth. Right. I sat there for years, and I said, "Lord, you know, I'm pursuing this is my ambition. I'm gonna be an IT professional, and I'm make sure I get my degree." Why it was such a difficult thing for me to do? Time to ask me what I wanted you to do. That will gratify you, but did you take the time to ask me? This is what God is looking about executing the word.
Part of the problem is some folks just pick and choose, Pastor. I pick this because this applies. And you know, this is another. I don't understand why do why do people waste time coming to church just to look for other people that the Word of God applies to. Well, I know that word was for for Brother Demuth. None of that applied to me. <laughs> and week after week, living in the same condition, never changing. Everybody know what is, have, have understood the concept of a hamster running on a wheel, right? The hamster wheel, you just, they don't know, they just keep running, 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 round, round, and round, and round, and round, they go. Ain't going nowhere, but they just run it. You ever seen some folks just busy? <laughs> busy and doing nothing. I wonder if that's what the scripture meant when it said busy bodies. Brothers and sisters, I'm not being ugly. I'm just being truthful. You know, there are things in the Word of God. You know, everything in the Word of God, God has put there because He loves us. It's not just to be restrictive and say, well, you just a whole lot of can'ts. Can't do, can't do. Because there's a whole lot of things you can do. Scripture says, oh, I can do all things through Christ, which gives me the strength. So there must be a whole lot of things I can do. All things are possible. One of the reasons why people will not execute the word of God, they don't want to receive the word of God, because that means they are responsible for adhering to the word of God. Once you have heard it, and science has even done some research on this and try to prove this, but once you receive information, once you have heard it, you are then responsible for the information that you Now you possess it. Now you are responsible for making a decision. Paul says the way of the transgressor is hard. You know why? Because you have the knowledge. But now you have to fight and deny and reject the knowledge that you received in order to live the garbage life that you're trying to live. The other thing that people are afraid of when it comes to the word of God is accountability. Bible's, you know, when you learn the word of God, who are you accountable to? Ultimately, you're accountable to God because it's his word, right? So when God says, come out of fornication, when God says, come out of adultery, when God says, stop looking at pornography, when God says, stop interfering or getting into relationships you shouldn't be in, God says, pay your tithes and your offering. But not just those things. We always hear about those things. But when God says, go and witness to somebody else. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've been in church. You don't have to have a theology degree to witness to somebody. 
You know, the most effective way to witness to somebody? Pastor said it just the other day. You know, you don't even need a Bible. You need to have the Word. But you don't have to carry a big old Bible around. Some folks got them large print, red letter edition Bibles where everybody can see from miles away. Just so you know, I'm a Christian. Have them folks that carry that big old thing on you, open it. But you don't need a big banner. It's how you live your life. And please understand, when you talk to somebody, I guarantee you, it will impact their lives when you start telling them about what God has done for you. See, we can sit and debate about what, you know, the Bible says and what it meant and so on and so forth. But what we can't debate about the personal experience I've had. You don't have to accept it, but there's no debate. That's my experience. And when you start sharing your testimony with other people, do you not know? That's one of the things that will captivate the attention of the people in the world because one of the things they're looking for is hope. They're looking for something different in their lives. But that's why it's up to the church it's up to us. Those of us, we're coming here Sunday after Sunday. I don't care who you are. You have the Holy Ghost or not. It's up to you to start putting to work what God is telling you. You can still obey the word of God even though you don't have the Holy Ghost. Did you know that? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's where it starts. And then it develops from there. You still need the Holy Ghost, but it develops from there. So even if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can still start obeying the word, attempting to obey the word of God. You just need that power to overcome the flesh and the world. That's where the Holy Ghost comes in. Y'all with me? Don't nobody leave here saying that he just said the Holy Ghost was not important. That's not what I said. Well, we get folks that come in here in all walks of life. So some people have the Holy Ghost, some people don't. And, you know, we got too many people. Listen, if you're discouraged because you don't, don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. That's, that's the plot of the enemy because that's his way of trying to pull you out of where God is trying to bring you into. Hear me when I say this. And if you've been living your life against the things that God has commanded, now is the time to start making a change. Some changes are more difficult than others. I get it. But you got, if you are serious about living for God, and you have to commit yourself, the main one you have to answer to is God. At the end of the day, when we are standing before the throne of judgment, we are standing before God himself. He's going to determine where we end up. And brothers and sisters, it's through the instructions in the word of God that we can rest assured that we'll find ourselves in the position that God wants us to be in. So we can look forward to going to heaven. It's through the word of God. So what is the final message then with all of this known? You receive the word of God. You know it's important to execute the word of God. So if the word of God says it, then just do it. Don't try to figure out how God is going to change a situation. Just trust him. 
Don't worry about if your prayer is significant or not. Just pray and call out to him. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Just pray. Don't worry about when God is going to bring about the difference. You sitting there looking at the time, trying to figure out, well, it would be right about now that God is supposed to move. I don't see nothing happening. No, just believe that God will do it. That's the power of faith, y'all. Did you know that? (laughs) When you can believe God for something that you can't see, that has not come into effect. And I can tell you right now, the whole world needs a whole lot of faith. Faith allows you to look and peer and get a glimpse of life from an eternal perspective. See, because God doesn't work in the dimension of time. God is in a timeless dimension. So while we're looking at hours and minutes and seconds and months and days and years, God says, I've got perfect timing. Can we stand because I, I really... Talk is cheap. We got a lot of folks who say they are believers, but they're not doing anything with what God has given them. And because we have a lack of people who will just believe and people who will just pray and people who will, you know, just obey the word of God, we're not seeing a difference that we should see in our communities, in our schools. You know, I, I don't care what the condition of this world is, and I don't care what the world says about it. Please understand that God is still on the throne, and he's got all power in his hands. We don't submit to the world and the world's ideology. We submit to God. Yes, I know they are doing what they can to take God out of everything. But this has been going on for years. You want to know the main reason why I believe that America has not been destroyed to this day? It's because you got folks who are actually executing what God said to do. You got folks who don't mind getting down on their knees and praying and they're not looking at their current situation to dictate how they pray or how much they pray, how much they believe God. They're looking beyond the, the, the current, the here and now, and they're believing God for what God is able to do. They're believing God. You know, you come to this church and you look at it and you say, this is a small church. I'm here to let you know right now you need to cast all those doubts in your mind away. This is not about just numbers. But once you get a hold of the vision and understand what God is trying to do in your life and you position yourself where God is calling you to, then you're going to start to see God give the increase. Some of us are so worried about the numbers. That's God's job, not your job. 
God didn't tell you to try to figure out how a method on how it's going to come. No, he's already got it figured out. If we can get some of God's people just to realize and understand, God is not sitting on the throne, sitting there with a, a desk in front of him, trying to figure out the equation of your life. Before you were born, he already had it mapped out. And all he's looking for is for us to follow his plan. Just do what God is telling you to do. Stop worrying about other people. Stop worrying about the condition of our world. You know, you get so focused on the condition of the world that you lose sight on of hope. Oh, there's so much war, you know, North Korea and everybody else. We can talk for days about what might happen. But more importantly, how is your relationship with God? Are you doing what God is calling you to do? We want to see a difference in our world. But are you doing your part to make that difference? Everybody's heard that story about the boy in the seashells. He's tossing them. And finally, you know, his grandfather asks him, says, what are you doing? He says, hey, I'm just trying to toss the seashells in the, back in the water there. He says, surely you can't get all of them. He says, but I made a difference for that one that I just tossed in there. We can't look at the masses and become overwhelmed and be discouraged from doing what God is calling us to do. You may not be able to reach a hundred. You may not be able to go across seas and reach people in other countries. But one thing you know, in your neighborhood where you are, are you doing what God has told you to do? Did you know that God positions you purposely where you are, where you live, where you work? Did you know that that's all part of God's plan? If you're following after him and you're doing, trying to do the will of God, every door that he opens, he's putting you there strategically. Guess what? The family that you're in, you know, you got loved ones that's not saved. That Guess what? You're in church for a reason. You have the word for a reason. Some folks coming, you know, they, they want their spouse saved. They want their adult children saved and they're doing their own thing. Guess what? This is what I always encourage people to do. Stop trying to save them and you just live saved and let God do the saving. When you start living that life, I guarantee you it's going to make a difference. One day somebody's going to come along and say, hey, you know what? I noticed something. All this time I was living this life like this and yet and still you was consistently doing what you've been doing. You've been living this life. Can you help me? Can you pray with me? What do I need to do? You don't believe it? Try it. It's time for us to get to work, saints. You know, we you don't retire from this life until God says it's over. I understand. There's some limitations. I get that. I, I'm not unrealistic. I'm not, you know, totally oblivious to those things. But with everything in you, if you endeavor to do the things that God is calling you to do, he's going to give you the strength and the ability to accomplish what he's calling you to do. You have a purpose. It's not over. 
there's still a harvest to be worked and you still have a place. You still have a role. Wherever you are right now in your life, in your relationship with God, whatever it is, I want to encourage you. If you want to come to the altar, you can come to the altar. But I want to encourage you to take this opportunity to make a commitment. A lot of people have made New Year's resolutions and promises. And, you know, every year is just the same thing. It just lasts for a little bit and then it just kind of dissipates and goes away. But I want to encourage you to take a moment today. Make up in your mind. If you're serious about living this thing, if you're serious about pleasing God, then make up in your mind. Okay, God, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. No matter how uncomfortable it may seem, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. Some people, God is calling you. God has been pulling on the strings of your heart. You know he's been calling you to certain things, and you haven't been doing those things. Because you had other things on your mind. You had another agenda. But I'm, I'm pleading with you. Don't be a wait. Don't waste time. Tomorrow's not promised to you. Do you want to leave this earth having not accomplished what God has called you to do? Or do you want to leave here knowing that I did everything that I could? And when I stand before God, I can hear his voice say, well done. My good and faithful servant. It's your choice. It's your choice. Are you tired of people having to pull the slack for you because you're not living up to what God is calling you to do? Now is the time to make that commitment. Lord, I'm committed. These altars are open. But wherever you are, don't let this moment pass by. You know God has been speaking to you. Don't let this opportunity pass by. You need to come before God, open up your heart to him and say, Lord, here I am. Yes, Lord, I want to do what, I want to do your will. Yes, Lord, I haven't been living up to everything that I should. I, you know, I kind of thought maybe, you know, I've done enough and, and so, I, you know, it's all over and, and I can let the next person do it. But, but you're giving me life, so that means that there's still a purpose. What else do you want me to accomplish, Lord? You got to make up in your mind. Take this opportunity. Begin to call out to God. This is between you and God.